0: Welcome to Becoming an Epic Being with your host Sukoon. As a conscious living facilitator, my mission is to help you young adults navigate through the confronting issues of your generation, question conventional beliefs and choose authenticity because that is where your true joy lies. So get ready to step up your game and jump on the ride as you begin the journey towards the next stage of your self-evolution. Hey, Emily, thanks for joining me for this conversation that's been on my mind for a while. You know, emotions drive so much of our lives. And you, of course, are someone who is not just very much plugged in this whole EQ space, but are a living example of what it means to like, you know, express yourself authentically and just play full out. And of course, I'm familiar with um, your work with children. And given that so much of this, the foundation of this stuff really begins in these prime years, like, how does this stuff really play out with kids? In terms
1: of my approach to working with children, emotions are like the highway, you know, emotions are how our... Um, our mind doesn't always understand, but our body remembers things, our soul remembers things and and certain external experiences trigger emotional responses that we can navigate and that we can actually like feel empowered with choice in, Mm. as opposed to feeling like I'm overwhelmed with emotion or I'm, um, yeah, unsure how to be. So it's exciting to I to in terms of children, it's exciting for me to to, yes, look at um emotional awareness, um, navigational acuity, like to be able to actually navigate the emotions when they arise. Right. Um and yeah, like state management for our own resilience. This is about like being able to so key.
0: Yeah. So speaking of all the stuff you've just mentioned, let's just start off by asking, how are you feeling?
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm feeling right now. I feel grounded in my body a little bit excited in my mind. Mm. It's the end of the day here for me. Uh, so I've just finished a beautiful, beautiful day. A lot of great progress and projects I'm working on took a nice long bath and, uh, and yeah, I'm feeling good. I feel, I feel a lightening happening for the year got off to a slow start, it seems. Mm. And I was, I was feeling like this weight of like, what is time? Like, I thought I was going to feel this energizing beginning of the year. And I think that this lunar new year kind of marker really sparked a, an ignition inside me. So I'm feeling uh, inspired. I'm feeling light and feeling uh, happy to be here and honoring your you know ignition wow. and your invitation. <laughs> so thank you for asking me to be here and please uh, how do you feel share with me how you're feeling
0: yeah absolutely thank you for joining me and um, I will share what I'm feeling in just a bit but you know thank you for those insights I think it's so important to just you know ask deeper questions because I believe this particular question really helps people to get backtrack a bit and genuinely check in with themselves of how they really are feeling um otherwise we're just so used to these you know like um one word like answers i'm good how are you oh i'm good and that's about it and when i asked how you're feeling initially you said oh great and then you you paused and then you were like okay i'm feeling um what was it that you said um grounded and you know relaxed excited about the day that's ended and so on so Yeah, I think it's really important to like pause and check in with yourself. And thank you for asking. I am feeling healthier after a week of freaking COVID. Um, Just getting my energy back now and optimistic about, you know, like the fact that this is now in the past until the next one, I guess, and the next variant. And um, yeah, I'm really like you, pretty excited about this conversation And as we're diving into emotional awareness and inner state management, so much of our inner world is reflected in our outer world. Right. And in your work with schools, when you're working with kids, at what point do you think kids start shutting out and blocking themselves from expressing their emotions fully?
1: Gosh, that's such a great question. And I want to first celebrate and acknowledge what you say, which is that we don't ask it enough. And it's true. I think that a lot of us feel, um, I, I can only speak for myself Let me speak for myself. I, I. I haven't always felt empathy toward myself. I haven't always felt tender enough to be okay with the moments where I'm not feeling great. And, um, would oftentimes kind of just push it away, you know, and like not fully own and acknowledge that like, I'm having a shit day today. I'm oh, sorry. I'm having a crappy day <laughs> or I'm having a not so great moment. Um, you know, that, that to normalize that is going to create such a big shift in the way that we are able to communicate with each other and build new structures of organization, communication. Um, and collaboration so yes when I speak when I think of children in, in the developmental process and and how we relate emotionally uh I think of course always looking first within ourselves like how do I relate with my own emotions like every again like you said it's like my inner world is reflected on my outer world if I feel anger inside like I will no doubt be met with anger. project people. that
0: <laughs> outside inevitably yes so. yes
1: yes so the, The universe is just one big Xerox machine, (laughs) like copying, 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 copying. And it's uh so yes, I think uh so we start with ourselves um becoming aware of what is emotion, energy and motion, what is this feeling of like this anger that arises or this joy that arises or this sadness that comes and to be able to empower children to become aware of what those feelings feel like, and to be able to name them without any judgment, to just be able to say, "I'm feeling sad right now," and like not have it be like, "Oh, let's make you feel better." Let you know, like there's this, I think, very quick, uh, there's a quick fix, fixing kind of. It's 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 one of the old paradigm programs right. that's that's coming that's calcified that's coming to a close soon um which is why a lot of the children coming into this planet at this time are just like so ahead of the game in terms mm-hmm. of like they don't need to justify or rationalize their feelings they they won't need to um to fix what's bad you know or un, un, un undesirable emotions will be seen as indicators mm-hmm. you know very um, important aspects of, um, the external experience. So anyhow, I got off track in the (laughs) beginning teaching and just inviting kids in. Yeah. That's basically it is like early stage development, like, you know, anywhere from toddler, I would say like my, most of my experience is like toddler to six years old, and then another group from, um, seven to 12. But I think that the early stage is where there is such power in just reflecting back to the child, like, oh, I hear that you're frustrated right now. Mm. I hear that. I hear that you're angry. And instead of saying like, you know, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's like, no, no, no. They don't need to be pacified. They don't need to be told it's going to be any different. To just be able to empower them with the awareness of like the mirror being shown, like Oh, you're angry, and then it's like, oh, and this is the name for what I'm experiencing. Oh, this is the name, anger. Okay, I know what this feels like. Do you want to feel this way? Most of the time, they're like, no, you know. Like most of the time, they're like,
0: I but want the end And you just, this. yeah, you have to acknowledge what you're feeling. And what you just mentioned is so important because in that awareness and permission is where children make the choice of either expressing all of what they feel or shutting down, bottling up, and going away right? And in your experience in working with kids, do you find that younger kids, I mean, I think that I might be wrong in my assumption, but like younger kids, of course, are more free with, you know, who they are, how they feel. But as we grow older, we're more conditioned to like, you know, behaving appropriately and hence shutting parts of ourselves that we might think will be troublesome for people in the environment. Um, And so in your experience, how much have you found that Kids like really start to like either are they open fully or they start shutting down after a certain yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a great question. Of course, there's going to be a lot of different variables and, you know, um, externalities, so to speak, to so that you have to be able to control for, which we can't. But I do think that there's, um, I do think that there's a stage of, you know, pre, pre like egoic identity you know this is like i'd say that the that the um real sense of self starts to and like identity and like me is like building around like seven eight you know and that's when we start to really like care what other people think and And of course that shoots up in the
0: teenage years right because your medial prefrontal cortex is so dominating that like your sense of self is so high that everything revolves around that. Like, how am I seen? How am I perceived? And I got to show up this particular way to be accepted. Um, yeah, right. just putting that in when you said that, like, the sense of identity starts creeping in at that age.
1: Yes. And why is it that we, you know, like, I guess what what drives my curiosity with this within this whole realm is, like, how much of this is up for, like, Graps how much can we can we change any of this? is this is this set? Is this like how humans are, or could we perhaps like become more involved with the social emotional learning mm. world earlier on in our development so that we don't seek external approval so that we have so much internal awareness and internal acceptance and empathy and love that we don't need to like please everyone else that we don't need to you know, say the right things and get along with the right, the same, the the, the, the crowd that we want to, the group or whatever, the little, you know, niches that we gravitate toward in our youth, uh, is it necessary that we follow that path or could, yeah, I think that there's, I think there's more space to be explored and I think that the way that the conventional education system is designed is, you know, not always in service to the emotional- not at all learning. And so it's like the a lot of the programs and like rivers that are the tributaries that flowed off of the larger river of education were where we were getting our edu- our emotional education, which is like extracurriculars and sports and um, like theater and arts and inherent in that is where you work together. So in that you meet edges and you build the Emotional acuity to be able to be it, how you are when you are and exactly as you are, and I think that yeah, there's certain ways that yeah, yeah. yeah I just want inspired. to pick up on something
0: you mentioned earlier about um, you know the stage of self-empathy and self—I mean, empathy and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a real struggle for most of us adults, I and mean, we learn about this whole thing of self-love now in our lives but it takes a while to get there would you agree because of this conditioning that i have to prove prove myself to be loved and to be accepted and to be worthy of something whether it's you know belonging recognition whatever you whatever you might call it and if we can help kids cultivate the understanding that you know you can love yourself as you are in all of your forms because that's who you are, it's simple, right? But we just conditioned the wrong way altogether and it takes a lot of unlearning to do to then reach a stage of, okay, I have to practice self-compassion and kindness towards myself. And yeah, it's a journey. I mean, have you had experience with that personally or you've always been like, you know, the loving, (laughs) free-spirited, self-loving soul?
1: I mean, absolutely. I think we all, to, to, to one extent or another, we all experience this. I think that it's so important, at least from my own personal journey and my experience, it's been uh, essential to have a felt sense of self-love. Like I could talk about self-love all day long. I could write journal entry after journal entry after journal entry to myself, from myself, about how much I love myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just think that like, there's something about, and that's why I feel so inspired to help teach mm-hmm. like physical modalities and state management modalities of actual um, conversation with the physical body mm-hmm. and with our respiratory rhythms, with our heart rate, you know, wow. coherence with, so those are the access points. Like that's the access. We don't necessarily need to like learn how to be like, of course, yes, the mental, like the cognitive game is a, an important one to play and to play by the rules so to speak and to play fair more so is what i mean mm. to play fair with oneself and not bully oneself in one's own mind to so be loving yes but that's also something that like will happen just by virtue of our systems being in regulation and like right like to be able to be optimized to self-regulate and tap into one's own self-healing and um like bring oneself into equilibrium won't, it won't give as much space for the non-loving narratives that go on in our brain. Mm-hmm. When we have too much cortisol getting, ex, ex, you know, getting started yeah. out, when we have too much stress hormones and we have too much, um, too high of a heart rate for us to even like chill and feel the presence of our own, like awareness in our body. So mm-hmm. I think that the concept of self-love and like self-compassion is great for adults sometimes. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, it's handy, great for all handy of us. It's for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: it is for sure. And I also think that it, um, the physical, you know, kind of leverage points that the body oper- like gives us opportunities to meet are so important in order to, yeah, just really resolve like we can, yeah. we can resolve all of, all of these things, um, anything that's misaligned anything that's out of balance, anything that's out of equilibrium, we can resolve it with very simple tools that are like really ancient technologies that our, you know, species have been, has been utilizing for a very long time. So it's like, we just remember like slowly or surely we're remembering and coming back into,
0: right. Yeah. Our own abilities. So from what I'm hearing you say so far, you describe something called um, state management. Very interesting, which basically is a combination of the physical embodiment with the mental stuff, because nothing works in isolation, of course, right? They work together. And you inculcate the physical aspects to manage your emotional state and well-being. Would that be would that be correct?
1: I would say there's a sacred reciprocity. The door swings in both directions. It feels Mm -hmm. like it could be that, you know, I tap into the physicality in order to um, manage my emotional state. And then maybe my emotional state is indicating that I have some frustration or some anger. So I will then use a particular way of being in my body, you know, to um, to bring it out and to give it a place to express so that it doesn't get bottled and then contorted and twisted and comes out sideways next week when I get into a small like miscommunication with a friend, you know? So it's important that we find healthy, um, avenues for emotional expression. Um, and that it can be stored in the body otherwise. So if we don't find a way out, then it gets stuck in the nooks and crannies. And, um, And we gotta be able to find a way out and then be able to bring our system back down. So like when we activate it and like get it out of our body, then there's a moment of like, oh, okay, now I can downregulate and come back into, you know, a rest and digest, so to speak, nervous system state where I'm not in that like hyperactive expression mode.
0: Yeah seems like you've established mastery over state management emily <laughs> like you're pretty much i mean like a pro
1: <laughs> i mean math is forever a student and God. yes we i i joked earlier this this week with a friend i was like you know it it kind of is empowering in a way when we realize that we're both the test taker and the teacher in most situations how well feeling triggered or Mm -hmm. tested it's like oh i actually just assigned myself this test
0: (laughs) you know and And it's it's a constant learning process that's a constantly evolving and learning process right um i was also going to ask like do you have any specific routines that you indulge in for bringing the state of equilibrium to your body
1: yes absolutely i mean Equilibrium is that, you know, center point, right? It's that zero point energy, that center balance, uh, you know, homeostasis, you know, it's like this this balance point. And to get there will look different based on which direction from center we've gone, right? And it doesn't usually go go linearly. It's usually like in a spiral out from center. And when we identify where we've spiraled out, in which direction, whether it's in excess or it's in deficiency, if it's like stagnating and slowing down, becoming like kind of stuck in in like an inertial pattern, or if it's in um, an overexpressive and like hyperactive um, departure from center those will necessitate different modalities. Right. So again, it's kind of just being able to know our own system and this is yeah. like self-awareness to a T it's like, I know that I feel this way after I it have was. conversations that have it's like, because yeah. And whatever external situations created my internal experience, I now know that these three indicators, my heart rate is high. My breath is shallow. And, um, you know, I feel for me, I feel tension in the,
0: top the back of my like shoulders. Like palpitation is just tension, muscular tension.
1: tension. Like, yeah, muscular tension. Like I just feel tight. Like I feel tight,
0: contraction. That's amazing because not everyone has the same level of awareness when it comes to really identifying um, these signs in the body. Cause I certainly don't do that level anyway. Like sometimes sure, but like um, if I'm feeling like triggered or angry or whatever, it won't really show up physically so much as much as it will be in my head and okay maybe my throat area but like yeah not everyone has the same level of awareness so you're pretty lucky to have that you know it's really um useful I'm sure
1: no I think that I think that's it I mean I think you know for me uh, to answer your question specifically because I want it I don't want like leave it hanging it's breath work for sure yeah and again that can be up regulation if I'm feeling stuck or slow or down regulation if I'm feeling too keyed up
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: um and then dance like dance is such a quick yeah. way to Free dancing
0: it's so fun <laughs>
1: it's just so important that we give ourselves that play you know and like sometimes it'll be like dance mixed with some sort of yeah just play and
0: yeah. yeah fun you know one of the struggles that continues all through adulthood is dealing with difficult emotions oh my god like we are not used to that stuff right like and what are difficult emotions? Anger, of course, is a big one. Jealousy, envy. Um, what else do you have any others in mind that are fundamentally just hard because we aren't trained enough to like, A, acknowledge and process these in the right way.
1: Right, exactly. So you just, yes. I immediately wanted to clarify the term difficult or challenging. Like, what does this yeah. mean? What does it yeah, mean for yeah. an emotion to be difficult or challenging? It. And that's it. It's like an inability um, or an unwillingness once we get older. Mm. But most of the time it's inability because we've, we truly haven't been given the tools. We've been given like blunt tools from our parents that were handed down from their parents that are just like no longer applicable. They don't work <laughs> and like bless, bless, bless them, bless them for giving us what they got. Um, but we've got to build a new toolkit now. Like it is time for us to recognize that like a lot of these tools are rusted and old and like need to be upgraded. So, um, those tools, what makes an emotion difficult is that it lingers and that it doesn't actually, the whole idea of an emotion, the whole concept of emotion is that it's energy in motion. If the yeah, emotion isn't absolutely. able to actually move through and we don't have the tools to actually process it then it just gets stuck and then it's lingering and that's what makes it difficult. So it's like I don't find anger I used to find anger very frustrating and I used to try and kick it to the back porch like no like you're not Yeah denial here, or know? suppression
0: only makes the stuff worse doesn't it like it's such a damaging thing.
1: Yes. I mean if worse you mean like stronger and like more capable of creating habit oh, yeah. like yes like it's real. And so how do we create safe places for anger? Like for me, I scream into a pillow, I kick and scream, I can throw a little tantrum with myself. Mm-hmm. And it's good to be able to like not judge myself, to be able to mm-hmm. feel, oh, I'm feeling frustration and anger right now. Like I'm gonna, you know, do some, I'm gonna punch this uh punching bag for 10 minutes, and then I'm gonna do a lot of exasperated <laughs> like exhales and just get it out and like name wow. the anger point my finger to it and say, I see you, you're welcome here. You also like, don't necessarily like have a role. And I'm certainly not going to invite you into my relationships. This is what a lot of us, I think get mixed up with because then the jealousy becomes a conversation you have with the person that you're jealous and and it just becomes this really messy um, entanglement of emotions with other people's emotions. And it just becomes this whole mess that (laughs) it doesn't need to be that way. It could be that, Oh, I'm feeling jealousy. So I'm going to go and, um, you know, paint a painting of what the jealousy wants to express as, and then like sing a song about, I don't know, you know, find some way to move it through, um, and to find what's beneath it because, yeah, you know, we were speaking to some of the, like, you know the the emotions that are there's really only those two root core like love and fear and when we mm-hmm. everything are able falls to look in those
0: categories. categories yeah
1: yes and when we look at those little like all the tinier um, they're not they're big emotions but they all stem back and so when we can look what's beneath what's beneath what's beneath what's beneath um, and again those are that's just like again the navigational thing the navigational acuity that we can cultivate in youth hopefully so that we know that, um, you know, jealousy isn't necessarily going to have as big of a say if we have self-worth in equal standing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like when jealousy comes up in the little mind, the little monkey mind being like, oh my God, mm-hmm. oh, but in uh, but, the comparison, and the, I don't know, but remember how great I am and that I've been given a key that is the only, I am the only version of me yeah, that there ever will be. And I am like, I have something that is so unique that that person doesn't have it. That's what it we all have something that is so unique to us yeah. and to be reminded of like that truth enough so that we don't get clouded by those difficult emotions that are really hard to process if we don't have the tools. Yeah. so that we continue to like course correct to those like emotions that feel really good so that we know, mm-hmm. oh, doing this, I feel good. So I'm going to keep doing this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so such powerful stuff. Thank you for these reminders, Emily. I think it's really important to like, you know, remind yourself of these key messages, especially when like you're in a difficult spot for yourself. And, you know, I'm just wondering what are views on this? Like, Do you find a correlation between um, this complete unawareness or denial or even suppression of emotions that we experience and this depression that's so like, I just speak these days with, with, especially with like the younger generations and um, teenagers or other young adults. Like, do you find there's a link? Would you say that it's because, not just one thing, because nothing again, nothing is ever in isolation, but like, do you see a strong link between the two? That because we become so unaware of what's going on within us, that we have shut down and hence that can be a contributing factor towards depression.
1: Yes, I think, you know, in short form, yes, there's certainly uh, a correlation, you know, I think that causation and, and, and just the principle of cause and effect is such a complicated, you know, it's also very simple, but it's also very complex sort Mm. of way that the universe operates. I think that we're at a time that yeah, we're just seeing technology exponentiating in a way that yeah. we haven't seen. We've been seeing, you know, um, our population exponentiating, and um, the numbing agents are rampant. And I think that um, if we were given as many you know tools to harness our, uh, our, our not our emotional awareness, like as we are given technological tools, Mm. uh, we would be in a very different place, like, absolutely you know, as a species. So I just best. think that, and that's where I think we're at an exciting Because I do think that there's, um, you know, there's a lot of important work being done around how, how do we introduce children to technology? How do we,
0: mm.
1: um, what does that look like and how do we actually like optimize the technology to be able to allow us to continue being human so that we don't just like lose ourselves in yeah I feel um, like we're
0: playing catch-up in this domain we just like constantly trying to catch up with like what next what next how do we manage our state again like how do we get back to being feeling normal again right like everything's happened so fast with the last say 10-15 years I was just like yeah literally playing catch-up in a way
1: yes yes I know it's true and and it's like it the norm like normal has to change like everything yeah. has changed so it's oh. like this new version of normal is like not what it was and and how do it, it's like I think again like these tools for enhancing our own bodies like ability to regulate is going to help us like to mm-hmm. be able to stay resilient stay adaptable um, stay open and agile in the face of change because that's like going to be one of the biggest assets that we need as a species for sure and then. You know, again, when we talk about the children, it's like that's the root of it because, like, they're the future. You know, like there'll be yeah. a time that this, like, our whole generation will be off this planet, and if humans are on this planet by that time, um, you know, not to be doomsday, but you know, it's real. We're facing a really serious like threshold yeah. um, on this planet, and it's so important that many of us wake up. And I also think that like the numbing agents and the lack of drive and lack of like agency Mm. are oftentimes because we feel like, what can we do? You know, like, how can I make change? How can I, and so much of it is like the micro of making change within ourselves. How do I actually relate with myself? The biggest change that we can make is actually going to start with me being kind to myself. So I actually feel aware that I can follow what leaves me feeling good. And then that opens up so many doorways for us personally, collectively, and then again, planetarily. I do believe it's
0: possible. Absolutely. I think there's also a bit of an element of what you mentioned a few minutes ago in terms of the cause and effect. And what I mean of cause and effect in this context is we are so conditioned to feeling a certain way when things outside of us shift. What I mean by that is that I will feel joyful or happy when I get this or I get that or this happens, I get this new job and it goes on like that. And I will get sad, you know, when some things don't go my way that i expect them to be do you feel that's again like a really relevant factor in determining our states because and i wonder what your view on this is is there a way to master or have you found this answer yet for yourself where you actually have managed to maintain your inner state of say higher vibrational feelings regardless of what's going on around you because that is you know i know people like um Joe Dispenser and Bruce Lipton talk about this stuff all the time, but like it's so hard to get there because we condition the wrong way altogether, right? Like we have to feel a certain way when something around us changes. Would you agree with that?
1: Um, gosh, yeah, there's so many again, so many layers. I think, uh, love Dr. Joe's work. Yeah, uh, I think, I think for me, the the strong, the most important muscle to build and to strengthen is trust
0: and what, you know, and what trust many in what, would yourself or when you say trust, what do you mean?
1: Trust in the sense that, um, and in many, and in many other circumstances, you could call it faith, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that I would, I err away from faith because of, um, often the religious connotation. Mm-hmm. I do think that trust in the sense that like, look, think back to your life and find three times that something really bad happened or like oh. you didn't get what you really wanted yeah. and it didn't go your way. And then like fast forward and with hindsight, you see 2012, like most of the, for me, most of the time, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was like a divine reroute. But it was like yeah. exactly <laughs> like, I wouldn't have met that person. I would not have gotten that place. I wouldn't have gotten that job. I wouldn't have done too
0: much. Before. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it kind of sets you up. And so there's this larger orchestra. I think that that's the trust is like for me. It's so important for us to be able to cultivate a sense of trust in a larger um, source, like or? orchestra. A larger yeah. source. I love that word, like orchestra. orchestra. Such a cool because it's like we're all a different instrument and we don't know what the conductor is doing necessarily Mm -hmm. or how the rest of the even song goes like you just got to play your instrument like just keep playing okay like (laughs) like just (laughs) keep playing because when we stop it's like and you're trying to ask like well what's next and well hang on i just you know this is you know we just know (laughs) it's like just you know just so from what i'm understanding
0: you emily basically that whatever's happening around you even if it's really shitty stuff and you're feeling bad or feeling sad or feeling angry or whatever it may be have trust in this orchestra of life that you will feel better eventually is that what you're trying to say
1: no, I think you're getting, I think that you're getting the essence of it. And I also think it's like reduct, like, you know, not to critique your, your synthesis, but it's like yeah. a little bit reductionist because it yes. doesn't mean that we don't, it doesn't mean that you're not a, like allowed to like, be of, course. Upset. of course, like get mad, like get upset, feel yeah. disappointment. like experience that because then you know that it meant something to you. Like all of these emotions are like indicators of like oh I feel really disappointed like oh what is the again what's underneath the disappointment well I thought it was going to go that way okay and what's underneath that well yeah. I wanted it to go that way okay why did you want it to go that because of that and that and that I'm like oh okay so mm. it, is that path the only way for you to achieve that that and that like yeah. are there perhaps other pathways that don't involve a whole bunch of other stuff that the universe is actually trying to keep you like protected from perhaps right like. To be able to lift into this like mythical landscape of like there's some divine orchestra that's being like you know
0: in charge of things yeah
1: Yeah. and that and that of course it doesn't mean that we don't have free will we do we have empowered choice that's such a debatable
0: topic that's another conversation now free will do we have free will or not but yeah sure some other time absolutely
1: we do absolutely (laughs) we do we choose we choose yes and you know yeah of course it's like even at the the soul level do you think the
0: soul chooses to like we have free will at the soul level as well because so of course yes. that's going di- Going deeper now so we can talk about that some other time we have established the link between you know body mind emotions and stuff and i guess it's a good time to also um have you maybe dive into a bit of this wonderful and very revelational field of epigenetics tell us yes, more about totally that. yeah
1: totally so beautiful yeah thank you for the invitation epigenetics was brought into my field of awareness. I would say, uh, gosh, 2007, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And it was first described to me by a friend who explained, and this was like to date, the best description of epigenetics that I've ever heard. So I share it all the time because I'm like, a lot of people are like, what is this? Like, how yeah. are you, what are you talking about? And it's pretty new. It, huh.
0: It's still pretty new in the, in the space of health and stuff.
1: Right. Right. Yes. And again, we're looking, we're seeing this happening in a lot of different realms where we're having, um, the realms of health and wellness and, you know, neuroscience and, um, agriculture, like everybody's starting to have conversations. So this is a really important juncture of human history where we used to have specialization that kept us in these little siloed bubbles and Mm. no one from the neuroscience department. Was talking to the agriculturalists and talking about how the pesticides are affecting our brain chemistry like now everybody's talking so we have it's important so anyhow um epigenetics yes has a big implication in the health and wellness space um but again was like largely just like happening in the realm of genetics and
0: and for our listeners tell us a bit about epigenetics like i have a sense of this but what would be your understanding of it
1: so let's say there is a screenplay that is going to be created by um, three different directors, like Steven Spielberg, Woody Allen, and Quentin Tarantino. Christopher Nolan. Are going to make the same. All right. Okay, Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Sure. Any of these um, directors are going to create a film out of the same screenplay. They are going to create Vastly different films, like vastly. Sure. They're gonna choose different casts. They're gonna choose different characters. They're gonna probably use different parts of the script. Like they're gonna write a different piece. Like everything's going to express very differently, but the same code, the same genealogical structure. So mm-hmm. the idea with epigenetics is that we have certain um, genetic codes that are, um, you know, innate to us because of how we're you know, informed by our patrilineal, our father's DNA and our mother's DNA. And we have a merging of the two, mm-hmm. which by the way are like, in, it seems sometimes like vying against each other in a beautiful dance. It's not a war, it's more like yeah. a dance, but they're like dancing. Who wants to express more, you know? And you have this like sense of, first of all, they call it junk DNA, which is makes up like right a, an absurd amount of our DNA. We don't really know much <clears throat> of our DNA at all. And so we have this, a large amount of our DNA that we're not really sure how or why, or like how it functions, why it's there and, um, and what it's really doing and, um, and how it impacts us. The realm of epigenetics is acknowledging that there are aspects of our experience that are translated in the gene code. That we never would have thought could be ex- could be expressed through sure. through our genes. So there was a study done. This is one of my favorite ex- um, uh, favorite expressions of epigenetics uh, to share. Um, and I always like preface that I don't condone animal testing, and I also like that you know these are tests that are able to show us things that you yeah. know, and um, and bless 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 those animals that participated. I digress. There was a test that was done on uh, mice where every time they introduced the mouse to um, the cherry blossom tree and the mouse went and interacted with the cherry blossom, they would get shocked, electric shock.
0: Sure.
1: And this was happening until the the mice realized every time that the um, cherry blossom was introduced, they were like afraid. They got conditioned to be afraid of the cherry blossom now that fear of the cherry blossom was because of the shock mm-hmm. was translated for four generations like the mice's mice wow and the mice, mice, without and the exposure mice, to the
0: cherry blossom in the first place no
1: exposure wow. no exposure to the
0: shock that says something nothing. about every
1: time the cherry blossom comes in the mouse the child, the next generation and the next four generations is like, get me away from that thing. Oh so, my God. and it's of course not something that the mama mouse like taught the baby mouse. Yeah. No, like you can't like, Never that's not, like it's inherited. Yeah. Fear based traumas are inherited. And so that's a fascinating concept. When we think about um, emotional responses that we don't seem to understand that we can't really seem to pinpoint Why do we like certain things and we don't like certain things? Why do we feel certain fears around certain elements? People are like terrified of the ocean. And it's like, well, (laughs) like, (laughs) why, you know, like, (laughs) so it's really interesting to kind of just be able to have more, again, more self-compassion, um, more recognition of like what we come into this life with. Yeah um like genetically speaking Mm. um in order to be able to kind of be active in like reworking and reshaping that because Mm -hmm. also in the epigenetic realm is the fact that like we're basically playing with the whole like just yeah there's there's so many potentialities
0: and the upside of what you've just outlined is of course also the fact that you get to regulate your your emotional state rewire your biology by shifting your inner environment are you feeling and thinking because ultimately those are the messages that get to the cells and yeah i guess that is just the whole essence of epigenetics right
1: yes yes absolutely and to be able to know like to be able to know what happened to our ancestors is so important for us to be able to actually here, you know, like my grandmother was born and raised in Oahu and in, in Hawaii during Pearl Harbor. And she has horrible, horrible memories of that war. And, you know, she doesn't really talk about it. And it was recently that my sister and I both were like, you know, it's maybe time for us to like, Mm -hmm. maybe start like hearing some stories. Like it doesn't want, you know, we don't want to resurface fear and we don't want to like create harm Mm. yet at the same time, like it would be good for us, I think, to know like what happened and like how yeah. has it affected you? And like, how do we create conditions in our families and in our communities where we can share how we feel even when, they're, even when they're hard feelings so that we can all collectively mourn and grieve and like feel the weight of like what doesn't need to just be held on my grandmother's shoulders. Like I can, ha- I can hold that. You know, in, in the native indigenous um, tradition, they oftentimes say passing the bushel. Like the idea of like passing the weight of like what we've been holding for so long and like right. we give it to you now. And like that ability to be able to actually hold the weight of our ancestors and the weight of our genealogical tree is mm-hmm. so important. And it and doesn't need absolutely. to happen when they die. Like we can, you know what I mean? Like we can step into that role while we can yeah. still have a conversation, it's a verbal conversation, the oral tradition doesn't have to die, you know? So I find that to be super inspiring with realm, with the, within the realm of epigenetics. Oh, it is. The realm of- yeah, family lineage,
0: and you've got me really curious now, like how do you um implement this understanding of epigenetics in your life on any given day?
1: Gosh, that's a great um, a great question. It comes up like it comes up pretty frequently. i think I, th- I i think I think about it in the sense that um a lot of my like knee-jerk reactions or um, like very quick judgments, uh, I always see as like fertile, very fertile grounds for mm-hmm. understanding. Cause I'm like, oh, that's like a program that was not coming from like a, like, that was a thought that just seemed to just, yeah, be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I apply it in the sense that.
0: Um, yeah, what I'm really referring to is how you actually um, shift your state to be feeling better and upregulating yourself to um, higher states of being, whether it's meditation or breathwork or you know, like synchronizing your heart and brain through heart brain harmony or things like that.
1: Yes, absolutely, all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Tick, tick tick tick. tick tick tick. All of it. All of it. <laughs> all of it. And I feel it when I when I lapse. You know, um, I too had the COVID for I think what was it like end of December. Um, I flew to be with my family for the holidays and, um, and I knew I, something was up, something was off in my system. And and it took me a while. Like I Mm. felt like such a blob for like a week and a half. And then to get back into my rhythm was like, really, it was tough. I had to retrain my brain. I had to really come back on through this like fog, this like cloudy space that I Mm. couldn't think straight. I couldn't didn't feel creative I didn't feel like my daydreams were like fertile it felt like just I was just yeah so it's important that we have these modalities breath work before I even get out of bed um, movement in the morning whether it's dance or some asana yoga just to get the body moving um, and then meditation after moving after embodiment and the meditation yes can be paired with heart brain coherence. Um, It can be, yeah, these are really important tools, you know, because a lot of the times when we have external inputs and external circumstances that prompt us to need these tools, it's more often than not accessing part of us that's like, again, functioning from an old program that we can go in and retrain our neural pathways when we get in there. um, With a lot of it's the, you know, high oxygen um, high oxygen and retentions. That's in my morning practice is sort of like Wim Hof meets holotropic, you know, Stan Groff's yeah. work in order to just really get to the point where you're like, wait, do I need to breathe? No, I think I can, do I need to breathe? <laughs> it's Like You can just kind of <laughs> test yourself, you know, because yeah. it's really great when we can kind of really choose you know and then and then that that translates all these tiny practices that we engage in like translate in a larger way in our
0: lives yeah it all adds up eventually compounds and then one day you're feeling great about everything right um yeah i'm just wondering do you have any sort of like go-to strategy or practice to deal with you know say if you're feeling sad sometime i mean you mentioned a bit of this when you said you dance a lot you know, to release those emotions, but do you have anything else that you want to talk about that you deal with, that you just to like deal with more draining emotions?
1: Yeah, sure. I think, gosh, I think that honoring the emotion is huge. I think that having enough awareness, like that you have a big emotion in you at any given time is like enough to like, you know, mm, good job. Yeah. I just identified that I have a big emotion, <laughs> like good. That is really good, you know. And just if it's that alone, like amazing. Um, and then when it comes to each type of emotion, yeah, I think that I usually like to enter it. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, 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 at, I'm at a point in my journey where I know that it doesn't feel good to let it linger, and, and yeah. because it, like you said, it's draining. Yeah, it's it draining is. my energy. So I need to be able to find if it's sadness, I'm gonna put on some super melancholic piano. I'm gonna lay down with the pillow and a blanket. And I'm gonna fucking cry. Excuse me. Just <laughs> <This time. laughs> gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. I'm gonna give myself that time. You know, like okay.
0: so, really I- absorbing and processing whatever you're feeling. Right. That's what it's
1: yes. for you. Yes.
0: Yeah. And Love not
1: that. getting too swept up. I think there's a difference between. A cathartic emotional release Mm. that is unconscious versus conscious emotional discharge true which i think is really important to be able to differentiate because there's a difference between if i'm unconsciously like expressing anger i am feeding that anger exactly what it wants and it's just getting stronger and stronger and fueled 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 and it's like sucking my life force and i'm feeding this energy of anger that's you know And then if it's anger that I'm naming and saying, I see you, I honor you. And I also relinquish you of your duty. You do not need to be here and you don't have a role here. And I'm going to give you uh, the next 12 minutes to express through kicking and screaming and punching this pillow and screaming as loud as you can. And at that point we'll be done and there'll be nothing more to say. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I have to, I create these structures and of course, you know, I have leniency and like compassion with myself. Like if I need more space to cry, if I need more space to be like angry still afterward, like I'm not going to, you know, so no, there's no hard rules. Um, it's more so just to be able to create parameters and mm-hmm. containers. I think that that's the importance like a, a, a very clear entrance and exit. I'm going to enter into a, a moment of um, expressing my anger and then boom, turn it off. I'm exiting now yeah And that I know, is exiting so, that experience. so
0: key so well said yeah thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that really um, powerful tool I believe writing has its own <clears throat> power because when you write something down that you really is like that, that's something that really has a hold on you and writing it out just like removes the charge in some way there's something yes. therapeutic about journaling right people so many benefits have been talked about in terms of why you should journal in the first place But gosh, I genuinely love your awareness, Emily. Like I think awareness is a superpower to have, especially these days.
1: It is. Really enjoy
0: listening to your sharings and all your insights about managing managing our emotional states and, you know, just like unlocking our own potential by having a better understanding of what goes on within us. Really cool stuff. And before I let you go, my epic being, um, let's hear from you. What in your view is an epic being?
1: Gosh, an epic being. Well, first I want to touch on the journaling really quick because that is such yep, an important let's piece. Hear it. And that's yeah. another tool, you know, that's something yeah. that we, we need to be able to utilize. Always pen to paper or pencil to paper or whatever. Journaling on your phone and on your computer is not the same. You can still do that. And that's great. Really use your pen and paper, get the hand moving, the brain and the hand together is really helpful. Um, I find a very strong, powerful tool to be writing letters to people that, that I'm never going to give them.
0: Like it's people the who have hurt you things. or offended you? With that kind of? Those anything.
1: Kind of- yeah. Hurt me, offend me. I'm mad at them. I'm, I'm frustrated or I'm confused. I'm sad. I'm um, anything like this. If I have any kind of emotional charge around a situation that is particularly around one person, I'll write to them. And I'll get all the poison out. I'll get all the poison onto the page. And wow. and then I burn it. Burn it or I burn it And that it out releases and emotional
0: charge as well, you think?
1: It releases it so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even really feel. It. And then I'll see some of that stuff. I'm like, wow, I don't even I've got to try this I out. The burning thing I've got to I try even. out. I
0: haven't done that before.
1: Yes, it's so important. So yeah, I would definitely say that. And what is an epic being? An epic being... <laughs> An epic being lives within each one of us. An epic being is waiting to be remembered within each human soul. Like each human body has an epic being dwelling inside and their epicness is different for each one. And that's what makes the epic beings eternally epic because they're all so different. They're all so different. Exactly. Yeah. And epic beings have, you know, awareness of their emotions and they have the ability to navigate whatever waters they come into. They can steer their ship. They can be the captain of their ship. They can drive their car forward. They can, you know, really navigate their vehicle. So they know when it's raining and pouring and they're really sad, they know what to do. And when it's choppy waters and the storm's high and they know how to anchor down. And like, they know what to do when they need to do it. And that's an epic being to me. That's
0: it. Awareness is the key. Thank you for reinforcing the message I always want to say to people, the importance of being self-aware and managing yourself in the right way and the way that serves you, not the right way, the way that serves you. So thank you, Emily, for being here today with us. It's been absolutely epic listening to your amazing insights.
1: Of course, Sukun. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for bringing together such epic beings for...
0: Woo. (laughs) The mission of epic
1: beings on this planet. So much love to you.